Hello and welcome to another podcast where we talk about corset sewing and other lively stuff. So there was a lot of, you know, posts around the internet, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, like forums in general, like web pages and all that stuff. And a lot of comments as well on the things that I do on my Facebook, Instagram and all of that stuff about, you know, ideas on how to make garments, especially when it comes to corsets. A lot of people like to kind of cut corners for some reason that kind of damages, that not damages, it's not about damage, it's more about um, it elevates the risk of injury. Because, I don't know, they do not want to buy that tool, either they don't want it, they're just like uh, don't have the money, or essentially they don't think it's worth the effort, money, time, and like having it. It's not worth having it. When it comes to corset making, it's a bit more than just sewing. It, it has a lot of kind of a heavy duty stuff, a lot of metal working if you're working with busks and um, metal boning, the steel boning. So you're going to use some tools that are a bit more manly. So you're going to probably use some top power tools, something that's going to have a motor in it, something that's going to rotate. And when we get to those types of um, tools, we have to be vigilant and be very safe when we're working with them. Also, when it comes to sewing in general, there are a lot of parts of the machine that can actually snap, break, or just go like wild and do damage to you, to things around you, and uh, maybe even your pets. I don't fucking know who like sews with you. But it doesn't really matter. The point is the um, kind of how people think about it. Well, it's sewing. Nothing bad can happen when you're sewing. Ooh, you would be wrong. And a lot of people actually sew over pins, which is heightened risk. Like so many times more likely that your needle is going to snap. If it hits the pin, it is very likely the needle is going to snap. And when the needle snaps off, you have no fucking idea where the bits of the needle are going to, like, end up. It can just fly off somewhere in, like, the distance and you're like, oh, goddamn, I need to change the needle. But it can also fly out, like, directly into your eye. This is something that happened to my friend in high school while we were doing the practice class for sewing and garment making and that stuff. And she had a little piece of needle in her eye. It was not comfortable to look at it. I'm sure she was scared as shit at the moment. Uh, Fortunately, nothing bad happened. She didn't get any damage, but you never know what's going to happen because the force of breaking of a needle can be a shit ton. Maybe a ton, but definitely a shit ton. So it's like a tiny little bullet that like went into your eye. You can imagine that's not going to be a good thing to do. And that is only because kind of you were too lazy or careless or you simply didn't know that you shouldn't um, sew over needles. That could be avoided by simply removing the fucking needle, the pin, from your garment before your needle gets to it. That's all it takes. I know, I know you might think to yourself, but if I remove it, then I risk of the like layers moving and like the part that I pinned, then it's going to move and it's going to ruin it. That's why you put your finger like on the other side. 
So you like kind of hold the layers of the fabric in place when you remove the pin. Nothing's going to move, nothing's going to happen, but you're going to be much, much safer by not sewing over pins. One of the reasons I really, really like using clips, and I like it when people use clips, you have to remove them. You cannot sew over them. They're too fucking bulky to sew over them, so you have to remove them. Pins are nice and slender and thin, and you might think to yourself, I've done this a thousand times. <laughs> Nothing bad happened ever. And most of the work-related accidents when it comes to, like, I don't know, house building, like, making automobiles, I don't know, like, heavy-duty stuff, accidents happen rarely. Like, very, very rarely. It is usually a very safe environment, generally, especially if you're following the safety rules and have your safety gear on. But accidents happen very, very rarely. It's like a very small percentage. But when it happens, it's nasty. It's, it's bad. It's nasty. You might die. You might lose a limb. That stuff. The same thing goes for sewing. You can sew over pins hundreds of thousands of times. But that one time is enough to lose an eye. And it can happen. It's a very, very small chance. But I do not think that that small chance of losing your goddamn eye just so you can not, like, not have the hassle of removing pins and like having a little pin cushion or a magnet so it can catch your pins. So you just... It's so easy. It is so easy, so smooth when you get used to it. It is second nature and you're so much safer. Still, that does not eliminate the um, opportunity for the needle to actually snap off. Other things can happen because accidents do happen. But we can prevent a lot of accidents just by removing the damn pins. So please, please remove pins when you're sewing. It is such a small thing to do to keep your eyes safe. Naturally, if you really, really, really want to sew over pins, wear protective glasses. They're very cheap. They're, you can get it at any house improvement, like a do-it-yourself um, heavy stuff, metal thing, shop. They have it very different, uh, a lot of different uh, styles and types. Things that you can actually put over your glasses if you're an eyeglass wearer, like I am. So they actually fit. You actually have like full shields that you can put all over your face. Uh, this is usually um, used in jewel crafting. Some jewel crafters can use that as well if they don't like the eyeglasses on their ears. It kind of like goes all over your head and then you have big fucking shield. It's, it's kick-ass. Anyways, you have like slender glasses, something similar to mine, but they have like a hard plastic protective lenses. You have like bigger goggles more that are made to go over glasses for glasses wearers. And then you have big ass motherfucking shields that is like a big, big part, big piece of protective plastic that protects your whole face of any flying objects. It can be um, pretty much anything, anything that can fly and like there's just like, it protects your whole face. So uh, they're not expensive. If you really, really, really want to um, continue sewing over pins, use that. Don't, don't have your face bare and not use any type of protection. For your face, it is for your safety. For your safety, it is for your health, and it's just a good thing to do. 
it's just a small inconvenience for an incredibly big benefit. Another thing, for the love of God, oh, good Lord, do not use your boning to create your boning channels. I know that the pressing loops are expensive for like, I don't know, 11 pounds or like 13 euros, something like that. Very expensive. I know it is something, it's criminal. It is so expensive for a piece of plastic. And this is sarcasm. Don't use your metal boning to sew your boning channels. That is like the only moment, the only time we actually stitch next to steel is when we're inserting busk. Only time. Because we don't really have an alternative to it. We don't. You cannot stitch in your front busk without stitching very close to um, the seal. And we use zipper foots to get really, really close, but not criminally close. But that is a small risk because every corset has only one busk, but it has a lot of boning. And when we're trying to make boning channels by using the um, steel bone as our template to make the channel itself, that risk goes like up in numbers. It, it's, it's silly. It's silly to do that. If you want to use some type of a template to create your boning channels, definitely look into uh, purchasing and investing into pressing loops or loop bars or um, I don't know what the other name for it is. Amazon it. They definitely have them somewhere. I'm going to link them down below so you know what I'm talking about. But that is a good um, substitute because it is made out of plastic. And when a bone hits a piece of that plastic, it is less likely that the needle is going to be stressed to the point that is going to break and snap. Also, it is made for the purpose of using it as a template to create loops and, and bars and channels and piping, that type of stuff. It is made for that purpose. The edges are actually thinner than the rest of the bone or the stick itself. So there's not a lot of material. If the needle does get into contact with it, it is not going to stress out the needle to the point that it's going to actually break. And people have said, I've used it thousands of times. I use it all the time. Like you can actually use just your boning. You don't need the pressing bars. Like I'm not making money out of it. I'm, I'm not sponsored. I, I think it's a good tool to have because it is a tool. Bone isn't a tool for sewing. It is for vertical tension and corsets and building structure and stuff. We are to insert boning into channels, not sew it in. So it's very different. It is made for the specific purpose and I'm not promoting it so I could, I don't know, get millions of dollars from it or anything. I just think you're going to like it and you're going to be safer while working with it. And it's so easy. You can also use it for ironing as well. So it's just an all over good stuff, good thing. And the risk of hurting yourself if you actually manage to hit the pressing loop bar is minimal. It's really, really basically non-existent. And then again, safety glasses. Just like do it. When in doubt, put your safety glasses on. Like seriously, just do it. Don't think about it too much. It is a small price to pay. Um, in contrast to like losing an eye, getting like um, hurt and paying the uh, medical bills. It is a small price to pay. Next up, 
we have grinding of bonings of bonings what's wrong with me today of steel boning so if you are not using pre-cut pre-made length of boning you have to measure it cut it grind it or tip it or you can grind it and tip it you know whatever you prefer but when you're cutting small pieces like to fly off be careful with that safety glasses so that is the first step so we should have like safety glasses stapled to our heads when we go to sewing it just it should be mandatory like your hair in a goddamn bun and safety glasses i do think that should be like a usual sight in any sewing room next up if we want to grind our bones to have a nice smooth edge we definitely want to use some type of a file it can be a hand file it can be a handheld rotary tool that's going to have some type of abrasive stuff thing there's a lot of options when it comes to that we have different stones that are made of different uh kind of um materials of different grit for different materials to you know grind and use it on then we have the different like sending paper like um swirlies little thingies and there's more and more when you go into jewelry and stuff and finer things and but when it comes to boning you're probably going to have uh, some type of a grinding stone or a sandpaper like a ring that's going to be used to grind your bones that is going to create a lot of sparks that is going to create a lot of sparks because we're removing the metal itself in the form of very 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 small pieces of metal that's very very goddamn hot and that is why it looks so magnificently sparkly but you do not want to inhale these sparks because they're like literally steel dust that's really really hot and it's bad to inhale it when it's not hot when it's just cold and you definitely want to protect your hands from the heat because the steel is going to get really really hot the longer you grind it it's going to be hotter uh, smaller pieces of bone are going to heat up more fat more fastly don't mind me they're going to heat up faster so that's going to be an element to look into so definitely look into some heat protective gloves they are going to protect your gloves from the direct heat of your um, very hot bones and it's going to protect your hands from the very hot sparks that are kind of sparking around very 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 close to your hands and that can actually leave small burns that look uh, similar to when you get burned by like hot oil when you pop in that um, potato or whatever a chicken wing i don't know what 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 you deep fry but when you're deep frying you get all the very small bits of super hot oil and you get like small dots on your hand if you're not careful like hi like me uh, you can get the same type of damage on your hands from the steel sparks not a big deal and all of that stuff but when you're grinding a lot of boning uh, you're going to have a lot of trouble with that and you're just going to like hurt yourself and there's no point in doing that unless you're like a masochist or something and it's just I, I don't want to know about it but you know generally you don't want to hurt yourself that way so having protective gloves heat protective gloves and of course your gloves should fit well if they're too loose they are a risk sa uh, uh, safety risk yes because when they're too loose you might get a piece of your glove in the rotary part of your tool 
and you might, I don't know, break your uh, finger or something or get it caught or just like mangle and maim your... Like, it's not fun. It's not fun. It just isn't. We have... I know it's small and it's cute and you have your little Dremel that you can do your little things, but it's still a tool that has a small little motor in it that rotates the goddamn blade on it or a grinding stone or whatever. You can get hurt on it if things get caught in it. So a loose glove is a bad idea. So it should fit nice and snugly. What else? You definitely want to have some type of a respiratory mask to protect you from the dusties. And when we're talking about dusties, as I said, it is steel dust. It's small pieces of steel. You do not want to snort that. It's not drugs, okay? So some type of a simple respiratory mask. They're quite cheap. You can get them a bit fancy if you wear glasses like I do and they get foggy very often that have like a small plastic part on it that allow the air to flow but not uh, collect the dust in it so you don't inhale it through that little thing. So you can get that, they're a bit more fancy or if you're working with boning a lot, like a lot you can get the fancy schmancy stuff that has like the straps and the uh, filters are on the sides and the filters are interchangeable and you can like, it's like perversion, it's like amazing, like heavy duty stuff, like amazing stuff. That is definitely something to look into when you do a lot of corsets because they're going to provide bigger and better protection from the dust than when you like make a corset once, twice a year, then the small little one for the dust protection, just be sure to like pinch the top part where the metal thing is to pinch it well so you have a nice seal around your face. That's going to protect you. Of course, we have super hot steel dust flying around. You're probably going to have it quite close to your face. Don't look at it that close, but it's going to be probably quite close to your face because you want to see what the fuck you're doing. So you want to have your protective glasses for that as well because hot steel in your eyes is not a good idea. So we want that. Next up, no dingly danglies, no jewelry, no long hair, flowing. I know you want to look cute and all of that stuff, but we're working with tools. We're being cool. We don't have to and we shouldn't look cute. We should look like we're working and we should be safe. So put your hand in a nice little bun. Don't have any pokey bits. To be completely honest, just having a tail is not enough because the tail is going to be dingly dangly. So a little bun or I don't know, a braid or something that's not going to fly around. Same goes with clothing. Nothing that's like layered cardigans that's flowy. Nothing flowy. It should be close fitting, not like loose or anything like that because anything that is loose and dingly dangly can get caught into the rotary uh, movement of the motor of our tool. And that can do damage in very, very short time. Uh, the larger and stronger our tool, more damage it can do quick, quicker. So keep that in mind when you're working with that. And you might think to yourself, we're, we're just making pretty corsets, but the parts that go into corsets are heavy goddamn duty. They're amazingly like tough. So we have to use tools that are very tough to, you know, manipulate them and, and uh, prepare them and make them usable on our little pretty delicate dainty stuff. So be safe. Um, 
If I missed any major part of sewing or corset making part that's very dangerous and I didn't mention anything, I would very, very much appreciate if you would leave down the comment so we can talk about it, so I can like be educated more about uh, new stuff. I'm always up for uh, educating myself on like work safety and all of that stuff. I think it's very important and we're not talking about it enough. In my personal opinion, that's not very humble. I really think we should like... um focus on that as well. I know that like materials and lace and rhinestones and like, you know, the pretty stuff, there's a lot we can talk about. But then again, we need to talk about the ugly stuff, the gore, the potential gore, essentially, so we can avoid it. And um, I hope you've learned something today and I hope you enjoyed my little safety ramble. And I hope you are going to go to the shop if you don't have them already and get your safety glasses, your safety gloves, and your safety little um, dust mask. Anyways, uh, have a wonderful rest of the day. Uh, subscribe, like, and all of that stuff if you enjoyed this and you would like to see more. Um, see you next time. Hugs and kisses, everybody.